Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. No, it's seriously, what an honour to come today and to uh, be here with you as a family. I have such a deep sense that God is doing things across the earth that we never expected Him to do. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encourage many people this morning that what you've been through didn't take God by surprise. What the enemy has kind of thrown at you, God was always ahead of the game. And He was even quoting His Word over you that what the enemy meant for evil, He'll use for good. And I just feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit is so powerfully able to take us through the valley and cause us to become so much more than what we naturally have an ability to be. And I'm believing that, uh, again, for Pastors Tony and Kath and for Marie and I and the team in New Zealand, there's been no kind of jockeying for position. In fact, we've never had on the uh, radar that uh, we would have heaps of campuses anywhere. But recently it was like God said to us, it's a season for life to have accelerated expansion. And that I do believe that God's led us to this point and God leads us to points or seasons where shift takes place for something that is significant. God doesn't make a shift in your life for something that's insignificant. He makes it for significance. And we've just got to believe that God is going to do powerful things. Amen. Why don't we take a moment just to pray and just allow the Holy Spirit as He has in worship, just come to you and come to your heart as we come around God's Word and we're believing there'll be a a real transaction this morning. Father, we thank You that we're not alone, that we have discovered the wonder of the freedom of forgiveness, but God, even more than that, that You are the God that is with us, that You're leading us, that You're able to take us through the greatest of human challenges and bring us to a place where we discover more of who You are in and through us. And today we just stop and we honor You. We thank You that You're the Lord of the church and we are desperate, every one of us, to be led by You. I just pray that there'll be a fresh sense of your presence over the word today, that you'll enable me to bring something from your heart. We just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy today that we've been singing about in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you turn around and just give someone a high five on the way down. And everyone online, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you, team. So good to be here, as I said. Uh, Yesterday, I had the privilege of uh, being with some of the leaders and some of those here in the church that are serving at heart and soul. And uh, when I got home last night, and even this morning, I couldn't shake off this thought that God is bringing us here in Adelaide. God is definitely in Auckland and in Melbourne, been moving across our church with the sense that He's bringing a realignment. And realignment creates release. It's an amazing thing. You can be out of sorts with your spouse, but when you realign to the values of togetherness, there's a release that comes with it. When God is leading us, He's always bringing things into alignment because the enemy understands the power of agreement. He understands the power of alignment. And so therefore, his job is simply to shake things that can be shaken. And the reason for that is the purpose of God flows in alignment. Can you say amen? Come on. 
I need some encouragement today. I haven't been here for a few years, so I need some, my insecurity's still there. Uh, this thought that where we're positioned today is the beginning of so much more is not just kind of an idiom. It's, it's a fact that the enemy hates when the church begins to align their lives with God's word and we begin to understand the season we're in. And, and yet globally, all of us are aware that there's been a huge shaking in the earth. And you've got to look at that. That's not COVID. That's the enemy's plan to shake and to break down alignment, the power of togetherness. And I think that we would all agree that our globe is currently on tilt. It's like there's so many things that are changing that just seem shameful and shocking. And, and I think even within that, in the church, you can have a faith, but be shaken by what you've gone through. And you lose the power and the authority of what alignment can do. And I just want to encourage you today that uh, it's okay to feel fear, but don't stay in fear. Because fear or shaking seeks to dominate faith. And there are so many Christians that are on the internet and hearing all kinds of things, and it seems like they're rattled by fear. And I go to them, do you realize that God is the I am God? He's always been. There is nothing that takes God by surprise. There is nothing that God says, I don't have an answer for. And God says, you just got to realize that I have empowered you to be led by the wonder of the Holy Spirit. Uh, back in 2011 in New Zealand, you would have heard about it. We've got a great city in the South Island called Christchurch, New Zealand's second largest city. And there was an earthquake of 6.3 magnitude that shook that city, literally devastated the buildings through the entire city. It was shocking what happened. I think there were 185 people that lost their lives, 2,000 people that were injured, injured and there was kind of like this, this fear that gripped the city because it wasn't just one, after, uh, one shock. There were more than 10,000 aftershocks. And when you talk to the people in Christchurch, you say, you just don't understand unless you're in it because every little shock has the potential of being a major shock. And I kind of felt stirred this morning to, to say to a number of people, you've been through a lot and there's been a whole lot of shaking but you don't have to fear. We've got to come to a place of realigning our faith that God will take everything. So about three months ago, I was in Christchurch and somebody was driving me that has always lived in Christchurch and we began to talk about the earthquakes and they said, you know, it's kind of lost a lot of people in the city because kids don't know if that small quake is going to be another major quake. And so the fear that has gripped people's hearts. And I say, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I come in from the outside and I look at the city now, 10 years on, and it's been rebuilt. And the new buildings have got the infrastructure and the code to keep it in a major quake. And I go, this is a beautiful city. And now because of the quakes, it has the power to withstand the quakes. Okay, stay with me, stay with me. Because some of us have been through some things and I feel prophetically this morning that God's saying, you know what? The enemy wants to shake you to break alignment. So when you get another little shaking, don't give in to the enemy and begin to believe in fear. Come back and say, you know what? But God is going to use those shakes. Here it is to make a new foundation of living. Because the world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. 
That's what the Bible teaches. It says like the enemy knows his time is short and he's beginning to shake the world so that he can uh, cause people to operate out of the spirit of fear. But I... I love as I read the Bible, you know, Peter is addressing the New Testament church. Well, they, they've just been shaken because the God that was with them was not with them. Jesus had told them that it would be different, but they didn't realize what it, how different it would be. And it's like the God that was with us is no longer here. He, he died and yes, he's risen again, but what will we do? And of course, the church was in fear. They were being rattled around by what was taking place. So Peter gets up in Acts chapter 2, and he addresses them, and he says, men of Israel. In fact, in verse 25, he says concerning, he talks about David. David, in the Old Testament, talked about God. He said, I foresaw the Lord, who is always before my face. For God is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. In other words, I have learned to focus with everything that I've got on the God that is before me, not the things that are happening around me, not even the things that are happening within me. And then he said, when I've done that, verse 26, my heart began to rejoice and my tongue became glad and my flesh or my human natural life began to rest in hope. Oh man, is this boring or you're just not responding? It's kind of like when I began to bring into view and align who I am and what I've been through with who God is, my heart became stabilized despite the shaking. My tongue became positive. Oh, it's all right for you. No, 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 no. God's got me. God's carried us through these situations and my flesh or my human life became expectant. Fool. I'm, I'm looking at what God has done through here at Adelaide, through victory in the past 27 years. And like any church in any life, there's up and down seasons, there's challenging times. But I come in from the outside and I go, this is poised. This group of people love God here. And we're not perfect, but we are poised. And I believe that God is saying, if you could bring a new realignment, you know what's going to happen? You are going to find the same things happen. Your heart is going to be stabilized no matter what shaking goes on. Your mouth is going to become positive and you're going to begin to begin to say, this is the beginning of a whole new season. We're going to be expecting. We don't have life in New Zealand to have another church on another street corner. We're believing for 30 years we'll celebrate this year that the church of Jesus Christ, where the people love her, don't understand her, despise her. She cannot be sidestepped. She's going to grow up in the middle of the city. She's going to become the answer to human need. She's going to have an authenticity. She's going to be uncompromised in her understanding of God's way of living. She's going to be non-judgmental, but she's going to be empowered. Here's the message today. That was just an intro. She's going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I kind of feel today that God is saying to some of us, you're to get David's heart. Got to begin to position the God of all glory before you, not your circumstance. You've got to allow him to change and stabilize your heart. Have a speech that goes, we're not talking about the past. We're speaking and prophesying into the future. And we are going to become more expectant about what God can do in the next few years. 
He didn't stop there. Verse 38 of the same chapter, Peter goes on. I want everyone to realize that we need to repent and let every one of us be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission or the forgiving of our sin. Because at that moment, you shall receive, here it is, the gift, the greatest gift a human could get, whether we're online in the auditorium, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you shall receive an ability to speak in another language. He said you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are being launched into a new season, said Peter. I'm not sure that we understand it today. In the Old Testament, God would speak to people, to his nation through prophets. They would have the word of God come to them and that would encourage them. When Jesus arrived, it was God walking with us, not just speaking to us, but walking with us. Peter was talking about our day, our season. And he says, you're going to have a God, God the Holy Spirit that's living in you, wanting to lead you. He's going to lead you with answers through the shaking. He's going to take you through the valleys. But you've got to let him lead you. And as he said, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, the promise is for you and your children and to everybody that's in Adelaide. Everybody that's afar off. And 3,000 people we know were added to the church. I seriously want to encourage you to go, where am I positioned and who's leading me? So Christchurch, come on. Yes, we don't know if shaking is going to come, but we can build with something that's going to be resolute in the shaking. And it's this empowerment of the Holy Spirit that's going to take us to new levels of understanding. Jesus was saying to the disciples before he left in John 14, he says, there's going to be a different season. It's not like you think it's going to be. You're going to be shaken by it. But I've spoken these things to you in verse 25 while being present with you. But you're going to receive the helper who's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is going to send in my name. And he is the one that's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring to you. This is a great thing if you're studying remembrance of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. It's not something that you're going to find in the world. Let not your heart be troubled. You go to John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage, said Jesus, that I go away. Because not only am I walking with you, I'm going to be inside of you, able to lead you. I'm able to do what you don't really understand that I'm there to do. I'm not going to push in, but I am the Holy Spirit that wants to lead you. It's your advantage, the helper who will come with you. But... If I depart, I'm going to send him to you. And when he has come, he's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Verse 13 of the same chapter. When he, the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take care of what is mine and declare it to you. And I've read those scriptures many times, but recently I was reading it and I thought, if I took those few scriptures about the wonder and the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what I discover Jesus was saying. He's the peace bringer. Somebody need peace today? He's the peace bringer. He's the personal helper. He's longing to be your best helper. 
He's a constant reminder. He's an advantage creator. He's a conscious awakener. He's a truth clarifier. He's an everyday guide. He's a future teller. He's a Jesus revealer. It's kind of like as I began to look at that, I thought, you know what? Salvation's just the starting point, but maybe... Maybe this new season, God's saying, if you could realign and allow the Holy Spirit to be empowering, the Holy Spirit to be leading, the Holy Spirit to be clarifying, the Holy Spirit to be guiding, to telling you the things. Oh, you know, COVID and business, you know, the Holy Spirit, He's already ahead of COVID. He can give you the answers that you need in your business right now. He can give you ideas about how we could change the community here in Adelaide. The church should be the primary provider for the needs of a city. We can begin to see what God can do as we're beginning to see that in Auckland. And I just want to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is not just for us, He's in us. And He's looking to lead us. And yet, for all of us, our source is what regulates our supply. Over time, we can really focus on that, but it's kind of like it's a time for realignment. I love how Paul writes in Ephesians 5.15. He says, make sure when you're walking, do it circumspectly. Don't become foolish, but be wise. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Make sure you're not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Then he says this, don't get drunk with wine. Often the case of getting drunk with wine is because there's an emptiness. And it's a kind of, it's another picture of what we should be filled with is the right kind of the spirit, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, when we're filled with the Spirit, I think we step into a new place. So today I, I want to take a message that most of us are aware of, that we have the Holy Spirit and He desires to lead us. But I want to talk about how we can activate that. You see, I think when you understand the Holy Spirit, you understand that the Holy Spirit is awaiting or awaits license to lead us. Religion makes people do things, but a relationship with Jesus transforms us to a place where we're still in the driver's seat. But the Holy Spirit comes to us. He lives on the inside, but he awaits license to lead. And I'm not sure that I have done this very well, even in my ministry life at times where I've said, Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me in this. I need you to lead my marriage. I need you to live... Me as a parent with my children, I need you to live forever in your season and not just live, but lead me forward in the times where I feel confused or shaken. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was an early teenager. And I tell you, that was such a profound time in my life that everything about me lifted and I saw life with incredible potential. But it was amazing how through the years, You have the wonder of a gift, but you don't activate a license for the Holy Spirit to lead you. Uh, Victory becoming life is definitely a leading of the Holy Spirit because why would we do it if God wasn't in it? Because if God's not in it, then we're going to have to do all the work and we'll only get natural outcomes. But if God is in it, So I look at Adelaide and I go, Adelaide may be restricted because it's kind of a smaller city and it, it can as a smaller city, sometimes look within itself. But as you come in and you see what God wants it to do, why wouldn't we see a massive turnaround in the city? 
But you go, well, what's the plan? No, I don't know what the plan is, but the Holy Spirit knows what is the plan. So we're going to say, Holy Spirit, if this is you, then we want you to take the lead. We, we, we don't want the past to lead. We won't, don't want disappointment to lead. We don't want what somebody else has succeeded in to lead. We want you, Holy Spirit, to give us a masterful plan for the future. Already saying to Pastor Tony and Kath, we, we need an 18-month new vision. We need a three to five-year vision. We begin need to say, Holy Spirit, what is this all about? And we're beginning already to get some downloads to say, you know what? This is amazing. We've got such, such quality of God in it. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, we've got to just spark it. Just, just let me lead. We've just seen in New Zealand. Can you get this? Some of you know it maybe. But we built three brand new campuses in five years. We spent over $100 million dollars. Crazy. We had to rob some banks to do it. <laughs> and then we felt like the Holy Spirit said, can you believe me? What? Can you believe me that in three and a half years you could pay everything off so that in 2021 you could see more than $20 million worth of community impact take place in a calendar year? Can you believe me? It's like, well, God, you can do anything. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, no, can you believe me? Can you let me lead you through three and a half years? But how would that ever happen? Kiwis don't have money. We're like Adelaide. We've got issues about money. It's kind of like we've been ripped off. And so, we're, you know, it's kind of like all sorts of things. Yeah, look at the past. You'll always have a reason not to. But look at the Holy Spirit and you go, you know what? I'm starting to talk different. I'm starting to think different. I'm starting to be moved a little bit different. And we were a third of the way into it. And it's like, this is impossible. We're not even scratching the surface. And it was like the Holy Spirit says, can you believe me? Can you believe me? Can you let me lead? It's like, okay. And when God downloaded some ways to just present, but still it was an impossible situation. Do you know what? We got to Christmas 2020. And we turned up at the BNZ and said, we're able to repay all of our loan. We raised $45 million in cash by a miracle that the Holy Spirit led us into. And I'm not boasting with that. I'm just saying, I feel like, come on, somebody hopefully you're getting it. God's saying, I got the answer for you. I got the answer for you personally. I got the answer for your business. I got the answer for the church. I got the answer for the city. It don't look at the fear stuff. Begin to allow me to lead you. But he's awaiting a license to lead. And for some of us today, I think, and again, we could be online or in the auditorium, it's like the Holy Spirit would saying, would you let me lead you? Lead you. We started life 30 years ago. Marie and I had been home in New Zealand because we were living in Sydney, home and uh, with family. And I had so many meetings with people that loved God but were going nowhere. And for three nights, I couldn't sleep. And I saw the faces of those people. And God said, they need leadership. Would you go? It's like, well... I'm a great manager, but I'm not a number one guy, God. I could never pioneer a church. He said, but would you go? It's like, yeah, but I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at, and all our kids are under five. This was in March of 1991. We left Sydney in August of that year to pioneer life 30 years ago. And we see God doing, you see, when the Holy Spirit leads you, when he calls you to something, he then deposits the grace and the gifts that are needed to do that. And I'm just saying, hey, Life Adelaide, get ready. This is not just about two churches coming together. This is about a whole new season 
where we're going to turn the shakings of the past into an expectation for a future that's got a new foundation. And the Holy Spirit says we're all a part of that. From the youngest to the oldest, it's like, well, my day's done. Well, if it's done, go home to Jesus. Is that too strong? It's like, don't block the highways. Let's get on. It's like, no, no, you don't have to run at the same level you ran before. But if you've still got breath, God believes you've got a role to play. And, and, and he's, he is saying, I want to lead you. You just need to give me license to lead. And I think in that, a second thought would be that he awaits license to lead, but he longs for us to listen. If you say, how will the Holy Spirit lead me? He's longing for us to listen. It's amazing how listening is becoming a tough topic in this day and age because there's so much noise. I meet pastors globally and they say, hey, can you help out? When I get with them, I discover they've got a problem with listening because the volume of the past is so high. The, the shaking that's taken place has caused them to tremor at the littlest thing, wondering if it's going to happen again. And I just really believe that God has always brought us back to a place where we would hear from him. So I'm not coming here today to say, here's the vision for the future. I'm saying we are in the process of saying, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? And then secondly, Holy Spirit, we're wanting to listen. You'll know the story in the Old Testament how Elijah, arguably one of the great Old Testament miracles, he destroys 400, I think it was, prophets of Baal, calls down fire from heaven. How many remember that story? And it's a remarkable victory of one against 400 prophets. He said, well, you, you let your God be seen and I'll ask my God to be seen. And he destroys that. But the moment after he had seen that miracle, he was emotionally depleted. And he hears that Jezebel, which was the king's wife, had said, I'm going to do to Elijah what he's just done to my prophets. And so he runs because he is fatigued emotionally. And he runs for his life. Basically, he wants to die. And he finds himself sleeping under a broom tree. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5, as he lay and he slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, you need to arise, Elijah, and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water, and he ate and he drank, and he lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched Elijah again, and he said to him again, arise and eat. Hear this, because the journey is too great for you. The journey is too tough for you. So he arose, he ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And I'm here to say that some of us possibly are here this morning because God is saying the journey has always been too big for you. You were never created to carry this in your gift. You were ne never created to carry the responsibility just in an environment that's natural. No, you have the Holy Spirit that wants to come alongside, but you need to listen to him because as you listen to him, you'll discover a cake and you'll discover a source of supply that will get you up for another 40 days. And in that place, God is going to take you. And I think I'm praying, God, let us become a church as we've seen so many incredible miracles. And by the way, this year, we will be in excess of doing $20 million worth of community impact. But my, 
my message to the church is not let's then say, look at what we've done. And man, that's great. Never been seen before in New Zealand. And it's a miracle that's profound. And we're thankful for the miracle. But it's like, we've got to stop again and listen. We're going to stop and come back and say, God, what do you want to do? Are you a listener? Or have you made up your mind? As I said, so many pastors want help, but they don't stop and listen. And you go, well, how, how do I listen for the Holy Spirit? One, you've got to say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Give them a license to lead. And then stop to listen. I think simply the key to listening is to stop speaking. <laughs> how many know this is a message for your spouse? No, no, don't point to anyone right now. That's not good for the future of your marriage. But I think sometimes the hardest people to lead are those that think they know better. Let's be people that go, we can bring some wisdom, we can bring some experience, but we need the Holy Spirit to lead us through this, to take us to a point of seeing what we've never seen. So stop speaking. I think the second thing is to choose your channel. Who are you listening to? It's kind of like, ah, uh, we really tuned into what God wants us to do. I have a belief that no matter what the enemy brings, whatever the world happens, the church is going to grow and grow and grow, become more victorious. It's going to have answers for society. We're going to become less judgmental. We're going to be out there doing the stuff, not talking on Sunday, just about the stuff. Tune into Still FM. Come on, turn everything else off. Put Still FM and say, I just need to stop this week and say, Holy Spirit, I love you and I thank you you're with me, but I don't think I've asked you to lead me in this situation. I want you to lead me. I need you to lead me. And then I'm going to shut up now, Holy Spirit, because I need you to speak. So I, I want to tune the past out. I want to tune opportunities out. I want to tune out what other people might want, and I'm just going to tune you in and just stop. And so here, Elijah, you know the story, he he kind of, he eats the food and he gets up because he's listening. Again, that's where Psalm 46, 10 comes, be still and know that I am God. When you know that he's God, you can get through the shaking. It still hurts, but you can get through because, as I said to the guys in Christchurch, man, this is going to be one of the premier cities of New Zealand because it's been rebuilt with a foundation that can handle the shaking. And it's going to have such a future no matter what happens and I think the third thing I'd say is stop speaking, choose your channel, but identify any interference. If you want clarity, then don't let the enemy keep saying what he's been saying to you. Come on, stop judging. You're hearing me. Stop being somebody that has got all the other things going on. So the angel of the Lord comes to him in verse 11, and he says, it's time to get up, Elijah, and go and stand before God on the mountain. Just you and him, man. It's not about your gift operating and destroying the prophets right now. And then it says that the Lord passed by and there was a great strong wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And even though they tore the rocks up, and after that was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake Verse 12, it says, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Yet after the fire, there was a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it. Can I say again, gift is not going to bring the purpose of God on planet Earth. It's a channel through which the purpose of God materializes. 
I am desperate that we collectively for Adelaide are going to put away the distractions and hear with clarity the still small voice. And when he heard it, you know what he did? He wrapped his face in a mantle and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice, the voice of God came to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you living in a cave? What are you doing wrapped up in this place because of fatigue? You've had me with you all the time, but you need to invite me to lead and you need to listen to me. I said to Pastor Tony and Kath in Auckland, God's calling us to encounter nights and we're going to do the same here in Adelaide where we're going to have times where it's not about a program, it's about just us coming before the Holy Spirit and saying, what do you want to say to me? Some of us, God's saying to us, let go of things. Others, God's saying it's time to step forward. Because as we align to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see things we've never seen before. And there is a need for us to come to a place of entrustment. I'm going to get the team to join me. But I feel like God is saying, Paul, you don't need to rush. Don't need to have all the plans. You just need. Give me license to lead. And then listen. The other thing about the Holy Spirit that comes into focus is that I've discovered when you give him license to lead and you listen, he always liberates what we entrust to him. You say, Paul, you seem like you've still got lots of vision being an old man. Well, I'm 62 years of age. I've always been in church. Been through a lot of personal disappointments. Walked with thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people that have been through disappointments. But what I've discovered is what I entrust to him, he liberates. I'm not my past. I'm not defined by my past. My past has a bearing until I bring it and I say, Holy Spirit, this is yours to carry now. So I'm, I'm going to stop allowing the enemy to cause me to focus in on fear. I'm going to just entrust to him everything that currently is causing a shaking. You see, when you've had broken trust, it's very hard to trust again. When you've been through things that you can't explain, it's very hard to get up and believe again. When your city has been decimated, even though the new city has been built, you don't see it until you've handed it on. And Morgan and the team, I love that second song. I'm going to get you in a moment to sing it again about God's goodness and mercy. So I can focus like anyone else at the things that haven't worked and the things that have disappointed and the things that have hurt. But I go back to God's Word and I tune in to Still FM. And I realize that Acts, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 still stands, but you shall receive power, authority, dunamis. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the ends of the earth. You, you will bring a new source of hope. You will bring something because you've been through it, but you've entrusted it to the Holy Spirit. And that's where something begins to have an answer. And I'm not sure where you're at, but I'm here to tell you good news. You're in church for the first time. You're online for the first time. 
You go, you know what? I feel like, man, I've been through some stuff that's so dark. I'm so scarred. I feel infected. I feel like if I was really honest with me, man, I'm not sure I could go on. I just kind of have to live compartmentalized. And I go, no, 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 no. You know why the Holy Spirit's in you? He's in there to untangle all the knots. He's there to go, would you let me lead? I'm not going to make you do that. Would you let me lead? Then you're going to need to listen. Give me license to lead. Listen to me. And then entrust to me. What I can't open up to God, I can't shut the door to. If I can't open up, Marie's had to open up the fact that she was abused as a little girl, that she was raped as a teenager. She, she's had to open that up and say, Holy Spirit, that's too big for me to handle. I lost my dad at 10. I've been through all these things. I, I, I can't, but I'm going to entrust that to you because I don't know how to deal, deal with that stuff. People go, I just don't go there. It's too painful. No, 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 no. I've got to entrust it so that he can get me ready for the future. And there's something about a moment when you go, I don't have to carry this anymore. It's like, Paul, how do you carry the load of a multiplying ministry that needs so much and there's so much international need for churches to be fathered? I go, I can't carry it. I'm just willing, but I've got the Holy Spirit. You've got an answer for that. How many need? Come on, a now word of God for your life, for your marriage, for your future, for your business, for your kids. It's kind of like, okay, God, you take us. Take life Adelaide on a journey. Take all of life on a journey where we're going to see things like we never saw before. And all the naysayers, it's like, don't even worry, just entrust it, entrust it. Feel like you're not worthy today? What makes you unworthy? It's only unsurrendered sin that makes you unworthy. Just entrust it. Man, I've made so many mistakes. I could keep you here for a month, but it's kind of like, hey, I didn't mean to, but even if I did mean to, I've had to entrust it to the Holy Spirit. Nobody's arrived. Everybody's on a journey. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.